Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vasquez and co-host Aisha Kreutz. A starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Bienvenidos. Welcome back and show next steps where we're creating starting points of discussion and giving un poco de dirección. Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Peter Vasquez, and my co-host, my homegirl, my buddy, my best friend. Aisha Kreitz. I think you're also my partner in crime. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We can't say crime because, you know, that's not right. You are my partner in everything other than crime. Is that better? <laughs> just, not just, everything. Just, yeah, no, not, not everything. Ladies and gentlemen, my Stay tuned for the criminal element. It's coming up, folks. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, being a partner in crime, right? Like, we used to be able to say those things and people would, you know, not understand. Actually understand that it's not actually crime. We're not going to yeah, go. Yeah, now we're so crime ridden, though, that. Uh, that word has taken like a whole other meaning. Sh- it's shameful how. It has become literal. You know, yeah. So our listeners know, I've known you for, gosh, almost 12 years, at least more than a decade. Man, it's been that long? It has been. I mean, not just you. I know your husband, your whole yeah. family. Yeah, our kids grew up. So speaking of our kids growing up together, right, and doing stuff, and, you know, me and Peter, I met you when you were first. Uh, when I first ran. Was first running for, for office. And, um, you know, my kids, I homeschooled. And uh, so they did everything with me. Uh, they, I mean, these kids can knock on a door, phone bank by the time they were 10 years old. Oh, yeah. They were like experts. So the other, so last night my daughter comes in, in who's eighteen, and she was like, I don't know, she said something ridiculous. She said, did Peter win the or did Chris, Chris win the race today? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I oh, almost. This was on Thursday, and she's eighteen. She can vote this year, and I'm like, what just happened in this span of time? You know, she tried to laugh and play it off and stuff like that, but I'm like, whose kid are you? You know, I mean, because we put in so much, you know, it just goes to show, right? Kids have a mind of their own, right? And they become whoever it is that they're going to become. But I'm standing on the... uh, But I do believe they remember, they know, and they'll come back. Listen, kids always go find themselves, and then they end up coming back and saying, wow, wait a minute, mom and dad did make a little sense. I can't count the times that my kids have all come back and said, wow, I heard you in my head in this situation, <laughs> and I got through it. So, anyways. Do you have kids? Yeah, I have one. You I have, have one? a son. He's 28. So, okay. Yeah. 28. Well, wow, that's a great age. It, maybe. <laughs> no, it's a good age. He's uh, he's out in California and experiencing what California's like right now. Poor guy. Oh. Sorry about that. Paying nice high gas prices. Does he love it? California. Um, he loves his job. Okay. And uh, I'm not sure he likes paying what he's paying at the pump right now. Oh, I'm sure. And the and taxes I, in that state. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I just jumped right in, Kim. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> let's let's, let's introduce who, who this voice is. Yeah, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, you're listening to Kim Hermans. Did I pronounce that? Hermans. Yeah. Hermans. Uh, Kim Herman, she is from New York Citizens Audit, or NYCA, and they're doing work that is just astonishing and very critical uh, to ensuring that we have fair elections. 
fair, so, honest, and transparent elections. Absolutely. And oh, we man. also have on the phone the director of the organization and also one of the founders. Now, Kim, you were one of the founders as well, right? Yeah, I think Marley was here day one, and I might have been day two or something like that. Gotcha. So that is Marley Hornick, if I said that correctly. Yes. Welcome, both of you, Kim, and welcome, Marley. Thank you. Thank for, you. Absolutely. Bienvenidos to the Next Step show. So you had a question for them. Muchas gracias. No questions? Well, we'll get into more questions. I mean, I questions so, so thank you for, thank you again both for coming on. El placer es mío. Gracias mucho. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about who you guys are and what led you to founding this organization, and then we're going to get into the mission and vision and, and the data that you guys have put together. Let's, let's have Marley go first, and she was there day one, and uh, Kim's, uh, you know, short timer, day two. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, 24 hours late, right? Right, exactly. So thank you. Um, we started New York Citizens Audit because uh, a bunch of people who felt very suspicious about the results of the 2020 election in other states we said to ourselves, well, this is interesting. Let's see if there was anything strange that happened in New York. And we really figured because New York is so deep blue that there probably wouldn't be very much to find because why would you want to cheat your own voters, right? If you just want to get progressive candidates into office and run a progressive agenda, and that's what all your voters want too, then why cheat? Um, so we pretty much figured there wouldn't be much to see. So we just requested copies of the voter rolls from the New York State Board of Elections and from all 62 county boards of elections. And we started investigating and running through the voter rolls, uh, running through the familiarizing ourselves with New York State election law, what does constitute a lawful registration record, what is allowable in a registration record, what is critical information, what's uh, optional information, all of these pieces. And then we started counting the votes. And uh, I guess Kim can tell you what we found there. <laughs> when we counted the votes, well, none of the numbers matched. None of the sources that we looked at, um, the numbers matched. And the greatest discrepancy was over a quarter of a million votes. There were more votes than voters. So it sounds like we're deep blue, but maybe not, based on um, what you guys found. My thought anyways, or my opinion, is we're probably more of a swing state in reality, yes. Interesting. Well, let me just ask you, uh, uh, Kim and uh, and or Marley, uh, whoever wants to go first, uh, there's been a lot of reporting of uh, new uh, discoveries in Michigan uh, as this uh, national poll watching uh, effort has, has taken hold. And they're discovering all kinds of things like uh, there's there's one district in, in Michigan, I think, where they're the first 163 people on the voter rolls were dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we have that issue here, too. Maybe not the first 163, but we definitely have... Uh, Some guy born in 1855 is still voting? Yeah, we have our Lincoln voters, too. Um, that's a oh name that gosh. Marley came up with, so she can explain yeah, that. Over 10,000 people who were uh, born on January 1st of 1850. And actually, surprisingly, apparently the diet was much healthier then because almost 200 of them were still able to vote in the 2020 election, which I would consider to be a great honor to be able to vote for Lincoln and to vote in the 2020 election. Wow, that's pretty, that's historic. It's uh, really a stretch to think that they voted for Lincoln. Maybe they voted for a Clinton, you know. I, I, I don't know how, <laughs> how likely that is. But uh, And also, I guess there's crosstabs going on between obits obituaries that are published in the newspaper and people who are still voting? Uh, have you guys run across that? 
There are people doing that research. We have not uh, gone that far into the research, and the reason is we didn't have to. Um, in New York State, we have, for example, New York State law allows each registrant to have one state board of elections voter identification number. That's your number in the New York State voter database, and that's the number that your vote is attached to. And each registrant is only allowed one. But we discovered that 1.1 million people or individuals, we don't even know if some of these are people, have 2.4 million State Board of Elections identification numbers. So that's a minimum of 1.3 million false registrations. However, we decided, a couple of these people, we decided to go and find out. Because we found a guy, for example, Mr. B in the Bronx. He has 21 active State Board of Elections identification numbers in the New York State Voter Database. And he did, in fact, supposedly use two of them to vote in the 2020 general election. Now, these, the, all 21 of these registrations have the exact same name, date of birth, and address. So at least 20 of them are felonious. They literally represent a minimum of three felonies for each registration record by the par on the part of the Board of Elections. And this guy, so we went, we said, well, let's go see if he knows about this, right? Let's see what the heck happened. Maybe he can help us find out what is going on here. And we went to his apartment, his building in the Bronx, that he has 21 registrations at that address. And wouldn't you know, it's a Western Union office. Wow. So wow. out of those 2.4 million Registration numbers that are literally what we call clones, because it's the same person with more than one ID number, they can cast more than one vote. We know that some part of those are false end-to-end, -end, so you can't just take away the so-called duplicates and end up with the right number. And another problem is, at the Board of Elections, it's very difficult. I mean, it's difficult for us looking at the rolls, and the election officials would have the same challenge. It is difficult to figure out which one of those registrations is correct. Because, for example, each one of Mr. B's registrations was made on the same day. So how can you try? I mean, an elections official is in the same dilemma as you and I talking on this phone. It's like, how can you figure out which one of those is the real Mr. B? And, and why is it that you can't, you know, if they know about it, right? You, I'm assuming you bring it to the attention of who needs to know. Why can they not get rid of the other 20? Well, you're assuming. We brought um, a lot of this information. Uh, it, we created petitions and we brought the information uh, to New York State. We went to the Attorney General, the Board of Elections, um, and uh, we didn't get a response back at all. And we've also brought uh, information at the county level to the Board of Elections, at the county level, sheriff, uh, DA, legislature. Uh, no one has responded. So, Kim, let me ask you this. I mean, I mean uh uh, we, we can't look into the minds of the authorities here and uh, assign motive, but is this willful blindness or is this just we don't want to open a Pandora's box or what? Um, not 100% sure. I mean, having not talked to a person about what's going on exactly, not 100% sure. Um, but uh, it, 
you know, at what point in time does these these numbers get to the point of dereliction of duty? From the well, numbers, it seems like they already have. Can I? I just want to back I up agree. a little bit on your on your uh, report. You had made reference to uh, uh, foils that you had submitted to the state and the county. And in there, in quotations, you put, uh, as well as voter rolls provided by county BOEs, and then in parentheses, you said, were these are, were granted. Can, can you explain that a little bit? What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, so we didn't get um, information from many counties. Um, I believe it was we only got from maybe seven. Is that correct, Marley? No, that's not quite correct. Sorry. We got 44 counties responded with some information. Uh, So that leaves 18 counties that responded with nothing. But uh, no county gave us a complete response and, and forwarded all the data we had requested. So uh, when we look at our uh, reports, when we look through our data and we try to report on it, it's a little bit challenging because we can't report consistently when we only have some pieces of data or some pieces of information from, you know, these seven counties and others from over here. It's uh, And there's no reason for it. I mean, this is our personal information. This is our voter registration system. We're the citizens of New York State. We fund the Board of Elections. Uh, there's nothing to hide. Or there shouldn't be. No, there shouldn't be. If I can, you know, and for our listeners, so basically what I heard you say is not only are election officials in New York State ignoring what you're showing them, which are, are, are true information based on their data, they're not even giving you the full data. So that, to me, it implies that there's a deeper issue and these numbers are probably uh, higher than what you're able to uh, report at this point because of them. Now, is, this is all public record, right? I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't give you everything correct it's all public record and and the numbers are definitely higher i can absolutely agree with you on that because new york citizens audit and any citizen who requests publicly available data from the board of elections for example does not have access to driver's license numbers does not have access to social security numbers does not have access to citizenship information about voters we get the name and address and date of birth and voting history and that's basically what we get so there are other sources of information that the board of elections has access to if we could go through and enumerate the um the non-citizens who in violation of the law have been given new york state voter registration numbers we would, yes, we would be looking at even more. Yep. And for years, I just want to bring back a little bit, right? We, we've talked about that because uh, a lot of times people talk, you know, say how New York City overwhelms our vote. But as far as registered, qualified registered voters go, New York City, if you take out those illegal voters doesn't overwhelm us, you know, and obviously looking at this type of election fraud, you know, we would. Uh, see that see that as well, right? If they were taking care of and getting rid of these um, uh, extra voters, I mean, like irregular, the, you know, the, irregular registrations, irregular registrations. But we we're been saying for years, not only with the cheating, right, and, and we try to keep that uh, in a nice line because sometimes, especially if you're on the losing end of an election and you bring up voter fraud, try to people make think you look you're like whining, right, or that you're whining. But you know, you guys have heard us said for say for years and years that, and, and this isn't just one side or the other, right? Because if it, you know, once 
I, you know, once the Republicans realized you could cheat and get away with it too, I do believe they started doing it as well. And so it's, it's opened up a little bit of a Pandora's box. But if they were holding, I mean, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong, but if somebody on one side of the aisle actually cared about voter integrity, something would be happening. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And I want to go back to something you said about New York City, because I know there's a real perception in, um, you know, in upstate that it's like we need to divide New York and New York City. They're crazy there. And there are sure there's progressives in New York City. There are some progressives probably everywhere. But what I want to say is that in the 2020 general election, the New York City Board of Elections voter rolls show almost 200,000, 195,000 votes cast by individual registrants who we can name. You know, this is not just a statistic. There's 195,000 votes that were cast according to the New York City Board of Elections. But when you look in the state voter rolls, those votes have been erased. They've gone missing. You look up the exact same person living in the exact same county, or in the case of New York City, they call it a borough, and that vote is gone. That is just so, insanity. It's I know. insanity. Well, and I want to speak a, one more piece, because when we talk about irregular registrations, of course, everybody wants to know, well, did they vote? So I already used the example Mr. B. He did vote. He voted twice in the 2020 general election. So that's like the worst-case scenario. He doesn't – there's no one – there's no real – home where he lives at the Western Union office. He has 21 registrations, and they use two of them to cast votes. However, across New York State, our minimum number of votes assigned to people who should not have been allowed to vote, they are ineligible. Their registration record renders them ineligible according to New York State election law, not according to Marley and Kim or New York Citizens Audit, but according to the law. There were 740,396 votes cast across New York State to these people, and they affected the outcome of every single down-ballot race in New York. Unbelievable. So so for our listeners, I want to take just a little second back, because I don't want there to be a confusion between uh, uh, a focus on on, uh, 2022 elections as far as what they're trying to say that it was told. I want people to understand that the work that you're doing has nothing to do with January 6th or President Trump or anything like that. We're nonpartisan. We're a nonpartisan group. We have uh, Democrats and Republicans and independents volunteering. And that's what I love about this organization. So just a quick step back can you share the mission and the vision of this organization where uh, uh why is it that people should pay attention and understand that it's a nonpartisan? and what type well the basis of uh who um we elect is our elections and our elections have to be clear transparent honest um so that the, we the people the um the people we elect you know are what are in office as opposed to people who are selected Yeah, and this is a nation of laws. We are meant to be governed by laws, and we are meant to have representatives that we select to help, uh, you know, create those laws, adjudicate those laws, enforce those laws. It's supposed to be the laws that is what determines procedure in our elections, and the laws are not being followed, and that affects everyone. And those three-quarters of a million votes affected everyone. There are Democrat legislators who cannot prove they won their election, and there are Republican legislators 
who cannot prove they won their election. Right. And, and, and I mean, this is what keeps us from being a third world country or a tin cup dictatorship is by having uh, fair, honest elections. With If we do not have elections that actually represent what the people um, are asking for, then we are no better than one of these third world countries where, again, the military comes, you know, again, military comes in and takes over or, you know, you can say anything. And when people don't have uh, confidence in the election system, right, you see what we're getting now, especially in places like New York, right? Like, why should I bother voting? Exactly. Right? It's because you're like, well, they're just going to cheat and put in whoever it is, whoever selected anyway. So why should it bother? And this is why things like this, we should be going to our elected officials, board of elections, um, uh, the attorney generals, right? And and actually making a uh, a plea to them and a demand, right? Power concedes nothing without a demand, never has, never will. And if we don't make the demand, it is not going to happen. Yeah, it's citizens, go- citizens yeah, going. If, you, if people who want to be part of that, there's different ways that people can get involved because New York Citizens Audit has done this research and provided this information. This information belongs to everyone in New York State. You can go to auditny.com. And you can sign up to volunteer and be a part of our teams, or you can just download a copy of the report that we're talking about, the report that details exactly how did the Board of Elections fail to, fail to administer an election in 2020 where the voter rolls were accurate, the votes that were cast were from eligible electors, from people who have the right to be registered to vote, and the number of votes matches the number of voters who voted. This report, the deficits report, you can download it at auditny.com. There's a tab right across in the main menu. It just says deficits report. Yep. And you can read through this. You can print it out. And you can bring it with you and bring it to your sheriff, bring it to your board of elections, bring it to your county legislators or your state legislators and say, somebody is going to have to answer for this because this is so not okay. And that can be found at auditny.com. We have Kim and Merle on the show from New York Citizens Audits. Ladies and gentlemen, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution gives states the power to call a convention of states to propose amendments to our U.S. Constitution. For more information, visit conventionofstates.com. That's conventionofstates.com. You're listening to The Next Step Show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz. We'll be right back on WYSL. And uh, Marley, waiting on hold there. Uh, You're not going to hear anything for a couple of minutes here, but keep the faith. Uh, We're still here, and we'll resume our conversation on the WYSL stations. Christine Demo Vasquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. I've been an attorney for more than 18 years. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, family is very important to me. I have represented thousands of mothers, fathers, children, and grandparents. I have handled every type of case that would come before me as a family court judge. I understand the complexities of the family court system and the emotionally driven challenges of family court cases. As your next Monroe County Family Court Judge, I will listen. I will be prepared. I will 
follow the law. I will make decisions based on the facts and circumstances of each case. And I will always remember that I am dealing with the most important thing in your life, your family. I am Christine Demo Vasquez, and I would be honored to earn your vote on November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Christine Demo Vasquez. Fair tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the Fair Tax Pledge, promising to push for Fair Tax if elected. Call Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo-Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo-Vasquez at 585-427-0675, 585-427-0675. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Croy, the next step show on the WYSL stations. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones. Or grab your love. Come on. Let's do the little thing. No worries. Just follow after me. Gonna do the two step. Pink cowboy, baby. Grab a sweet Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To the next step show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz. If Our only guy. Marley could see this. Ha, ha, ha. She probably wouldn't come back. I don't know. You missed us dancing, Marley. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for hanging in there with us. Uh, our guest today is Kim and Marley from New York Citizens Audit. Uh, Kim. If somebody wanted to help, because this isn't something one or two people can do on their own. Absolutely not, t- no. T- tell me how people can help real quick. Well, you can go to our website, auditny.com. Um, we have a volunteer form that you can fill out. And then I actually would get that information, and I would try to reach out to you along with a couple of other people that help me. And we try to connect you with your county strike team. Um, we have teams in just about every county. And the idea being we uh, organize to take the information to elected officials, to county legislatures, to um, the Board of Elections, and then also spread the word to other citizens in your county. So we are trying to um, organize that so that uh, there can be a groundswell of energy to fix this. And it's definitely an issue that needs to be fixed. I mean, we can't have fair elections when when they're hiding information and not giving it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's auditny.com. Correct. And and there's a tab that says volunteer. Yep, if you uh, yep, there's a um, drop down and you just click on volunteer and then there's the form there and you fill it out. Yep, and then we take that and um, contact you and connect you in with the the county teams. Ladies Good. and gentlemen, we're voting on November eighth, right? So we obviously can't change the voter rolls between now and then. However, sign up for a worthy cause. Absolutely. And you should definitely go vote. I mean, a couple of years ago, we didn't know any of this information. Now we do. And once we, uh, with that information, now you can affect change. You can, um, you know, ask questions and uh, patriotically and peacefully 
uh, make change. And especially, I know, well, I mean, a lot of our listeners, whether you're Democrat or Republican, like you said, you're a nonpartisan group, but as well, you know, a lot of you guys I know are active doing other things with other groups. So if you're already going to a legislative meeting, there's no reason why that for one issue, you know, you can't bring up um, this as well, right? Or you're, you're making scheduling a appointment with one of your legislature uh, that, that, that you can't do multiple things, right? We can chew gum and walk at the same time. And something like this, with it being so important, not saying you have to give up one thing for the other. I'm just saying that you, it can coexist together where we can go and make sure that we are doing our due diligence to help uh, take that next step. Well, well, in a time where we've got parties that we can't really trust. I mean, we know on the conservative party, they're not even, at least this cycle, they voted it or they endorsed at least one very... Working families party uh, yeah, candidate. So, so, so between that and between now seeing these numbers that, that are, you know, our voter rolls has so many people that aren't alive or I was looking at one of your numbers. Uh, um, oh, where was it? it it was underage voters, and we're going to talk these numbers here in a quick second. There was like a, right. a large amount of people that were like 12 years old or something voting. So, so we definitely, more than never, got to make sure that we're voting. But I do believe that if, if, if all of us, regardless of your party affiliation, regardless of who you support, go out and vote, right, right. that we can beat some of these uh, what I call systemic fraud, right? Um, because we can overwhelm we can those. Over, yep. And there's only so much. I'll tell you, in 2016, there was fraud in my primary case, in mm-hmm. my primary run. That was verified, except that the individual that told me refuses to go public with it, so we couldn't do anything. But there was an actual call from one of the party chairs at that point to pad uh, the, uh, the, 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 what do you call those, the mail-in va- yeah. ballots. On, on, on election day, it was or the day after election, it was reported that there were only like 16 um, melting ballots that, right. that were received at that point. All of a sudden, within 24 hours, that number turned to over 26. And, and that, they refused to let me in because, you know, candidates, you can see those. Supposed to be able to. Yeah. And not only to. that. So I want to reasons. talk about that for a second, actually, Peter, because you're bringing up a really good point, which is how can you possibly challenge an election We are told that we are not really allowed. We're not given standing to challenge the Board of Elections. We have to take their word for it. And, yes, there are people who use that system to do things that are not according to the will of the people. There are low-level people or, like, smaller situations where that takes place, and they go all the way up to state-level manipulation. But what I want to say is, Regarding this election upcoming on Tuesday, there is a way that people can really help New York citizens audit and help New York State to make sure our election reflects the will of the people. If you experience any challenges to your vote, if you experience anomalies at the polls, if you are turned away at the polls for any reason, but you know you know, absolutely without a doubt that your registration record is there and you should be allowed to vote and it should be accurate. You must fill out the citizen report form at auditny.com right away because uh, according to the law, there is either three or five days to challenge the outcome of an election. And we know at New York Citizens Audit, we know there's going to be fraud. We don't know exactly where it's going to take place. We don't know which races will be affected. We can't say. But 
I, all I can say is that me, I, Marley Hornick, am unwilling to stand down and let that be the, the result of any of our elections. The will of the people has to be what determines our representative governance. So people who see something happen at the polls they know is wrong, or if you are disenfranchised or something happens to you or your registration record has been tampered with, Report that immediately to AuditNY.com. We have people who are going to be analyzing these reports as quickly as they come in. If we get 50 reports, that's not enough to file a judicial challenge. If we get 5,000 reports and there's a, a consistent pattern in, um, say, disenfranchisement or corruption of the voter registration record, that's that's real evidence now. We're getting into statistically valuable evidence. So the more people who fill that out, tell everyone you know, this is key. If we want to know really who won and we want to be able to challenge before the races are certified, this is how we get it done. So a uh, quick question for you, uh, uh, Marley. When uh, when you when you fill out a, uh, I don't know if you call it a complaint or a report or whatever, at auditny.com, what does that, what, what happens when, when you do that? And that has to be within five days, right? Um, actually, the, okay, there's two different pieces. It has to be pretty much right away mm-hmm. for it to count. Now, what I want, uh, there's a couple things I want to let people that know that will not happen. If you fill out that form at Audit NY, law enforcement will not be informed. The Board of Elections will not be informed. And those are the official procedures. So if you feel that you've been disenfranchised, first you should tell law enforcement and you should tell the Board of Elections. However, if they don't take immediate action or you want to make sure that this story is recorded in the body of evidence that is gathered by New York Citizens Audit regarding the 2022 midterm, you must immediately go to auditny.com and fill out that form. And what will happen with that form is our researchers, the ones who produced this deficit report and did all this work, spent all these thousands of hours scouring the voter rolls and learning the law to produce this evidence for all of New York State. We will all be in there and we'll be processing these reports as soon as they come in, as quickly as we can, and identifying are there patterns in the way voters were mistreated that uh, – that suggests that there was fraud. And then we will be able to use that information to file lawsuits. And the only other thing I can say is that if there's an attorney listening to this who is not yet planning for November 9th, uh, on the off chance that there is fraud on November 8th, and they are not yet ready for November 9th, Give me a call. <laughs> Go to auditny.com, email info at auditny.com, and they will get you in touch with me immediately. Well, Marley, I'll tell you, I'll probably be calling you. So my wife is running for family court this year, and my son asked me, two of my kids asked me, where is it that they had to go vote? And so I started looking them up online because, on, on, you know, I get all the voter data for, for this campaign. And miraculously, this year, they're missing. They're nowhere in any voter roll whatsoever. So I had them call. So you'll probably be getting a a, a, a website uh, inquiry from my son and I, uh, from both of them, two kids. Um, so, Marley, I was looking at your report, and I thought we could spend the rest of the show uh, kind of going through this. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about what does it mean? Uh, you, you said here 
uh, uh, election law provides for clear guard guidance regarding the qualifications for a person to register to vote. Kim and Marley, can you guys expand on that? I mean, I, I know that you got to fill out the application, but I never really knew there were qualifications or anything that somebody needed to follow. Well, New York State law has uh, certain things that you um, you have to be a citizen. You have to be over the age 18. Um, so there is definite things within New York State law um, when you register, and the Board of Elections is, is supposed to check those things. Marley, you, also, you have to be a, a resident at your address, so in the state, in your county, and at your specific address for at least 30 days before an election, because the election districts are determined by population, and wherever you park yourself, you're in, congr- you're in a congressional district, a Senate district, an assembly district, an election district, as well as being, you know, having access to statewide elections. And then the registration record itself that the Board of Election keeps has certain criteria as well. And there's quite a list of that. And, of course, um, you know, one of them is your residence, as Marley was indicating, um, your name, your full name, uh, date of birth. Um, that's the kind of information. Um, you know, there's a whole list of stuff in the law. And if we just followed the law, a lot of the issues we found in this report wouldn't be there. Well, it sounds like I'm sorry. It sounds like information isn't even verified, though. It's it's you submit the application, they take it for what's on the sheet. They, and, I mean, how do you end up with twenty one uh, uh, with the same person registered twenty one times um, at, at an address that's not an address? I, I guess if you've got to follow that's, this, that's fraud. That's, that's how you do it because somebody cheated the system inside. Because no, no, think about this, right? If you go to the polls to vote. What do they ask you for in terms of verification of your identity? Do they ask you for your state board of elections, your New York state voter database identification number? No. They ask you for your name and address. So Mr. B, if he was a real person, which we discovered he's not, if he went to the polls 21 times, he would not be able to use all 21 of his voter identification numbers. That's an inside job. Only someone with super administrator access to the computers could have assigned those votes. Correct. So, is, so, so it sounds to me like this fraud isn't just something that's happening in our local county offices. This is going all the way up to probably even the commissioner level, I, from what I get. The state, the state level. Honestly, state level, we don't know who's, who's responsible. We would like to know who's responsible. And we have brought all of this information. We have brought it to the SIU unit of the state police. We've brought it to the inspector general's office. We've brought it to at least seven or eight county sheriffs, and as far as we can tell, no one knows what to do with it. The people who are supposed to investigate the Board of Elections, get this, is the Board of Elections. Perfect. No independent body at all? Yeah. Yeah, Well, what about the, um, you know, like federally, you can put in a, you know, a fraud alert through the Department of Justice? Yes. And we actually, we did, when we met with the SIU unit of the state police, we actually showed them, we showed them different, we showed them the, the deficits report, the evidence that's there. We showed them more. We showed them evidence of uh, malware actually embedded in the New York State voter rolls that we believe is responsible for a lot of these registration records that are falsified. And that's a longer story. We really don't have time to go into that. But what I will say is they agreed with us and they passed that investigation straight to the Foreign Intelligence Task Force of the FBI. 
That was June 27th of this year, and I have yet to receive a phone call from the Foreign Intelligence Task Force of the FBI requesting clarification or further evidence. You're listening to The Next Step Show on the WYSL stations uh, with Aisha Kreitz and uh, Peterson Vasquez and our guests on the program, uh, Kim Hermance and uh, Marley Hornick of New York Citizens Audit. And again, that uh, website to report any anomalies on Election Day, auditny.com. Peterson? Yeah, you know, I was looking at, again, this report is so detailed and it's phenomenal. I'm still beside myself at some of the information you guys have, have discovered and put out. I'm surprised it hasn't come out before. But on, uh, on, under your, I think it's voter rolls must be accurate. It's talking about registrations made on federal holidays. Now, I don't know of anybody that would even give this a second thought, right? But you have a, a sentence in here that says, regardless, the New York State Board of election voter rolls recorded 987,490 January 1st registrations across various years before the year 1900 and or through through 2021. There are 202,573,000 January 1st registrations. What is that about? Well, the uh, I mean, the Board of Elections is not open on January 1st. So, uh, and, and we actually found it on other uh, holidays as well where they wouldn't be open. So that was a, a flag for us. So we uh, took a look at it, and um, Marley can probably elaborate a little further. Sure. Um, so it's really impossible for someone to register to vote on January 1st. And the Board of Elections, what they try to claim, because the, the total number of people who registered on federal holidays is over a million, 1.1 million people registered on federal holidays. And these are literally impossible. The Board of Elections says, oh, those are default dates. They say, we didn't know when we took the paper records, the original paper records from the Board of Elections, and we transferred them into a digital format, so we made the electronic database, we didn't know what exactly those people's birth dates were, so we entered a default date. Okay? So there's problems with this. And some people, if you're, if you're not really critically thinking and you're not aware of the deep level of problems going on, you might just accept that. Well, you know, it kind of makes sense. It doesn't really make sense because, first of all, that would only impact registrations that had registration dates prior to about 1980, which is when they started to create electronic records for a lot of the state's data. Uh, so that's one problem, because they're still using this default date up to registrations made in 2021, registrations made in 2022. So that first argument, that falls flat. The second problem is that if a default date has been entered into the state voter roll database, that means that the actual date is unknown. And it turns out, wouldn't you know, the date that someone registers to vote is actually critical in determining their eligibility to vote in any given election. Exactly. Their birth date is critical information. If they were uh, flipped, purged, the date that they were purged on is critical to know. Otherwise, you literally can't tell if a vote assigned to that registration is lawful or not. Every single piece of information in the registration record has to be accurate. Otherwise, and this is, you know, I I sound like a crazy person sometimes saying this, but I don't know what the real date is when it's been falsified. 
Neither does an elections official know what the real date is when it's been falsified. So no one has the right to say that that vote was lawful and should be counted. And if a real voter is disenfranchised, is that my fault or is that does that responsibility lie with the Board of Elections? Absolutely. That's such a critical um, a critical point, right? As as you said before, in order to be able to vote, you have to reside 30 days before, you know, in the area, uh, 30 days before. If they don't know when you voted, it wouldn't matter. So they do keep track of those things. And I think that calling out each and every one of these cases in the in the lies. Right. That are going on. I mean, it it is not willful ignorance. Some of these things are on purpose. They know what's going on. And we have a duty as citizens, as a civic duty to stand up and say something about it. You're listening to The Next Step Show with Aisha Kreitz and Peter Vasquez on the Voice of Liberty, WYSL 1040 AM, 92.1 FM and 95.5 FM. And also the podcast, always available, WYSL1040.com. We'll be back with Kim, Marley, Fear and Aisha after this quick break. Mm-hmm. When my hopes and dreams are far from me and I'm running out of faith, I see the future. I'm Christine Demo Vasquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. I've been an attorney for more than 18 years. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, family is very important to me. I have represented thousands of mothers, fathers, children, and grandparents. I have handled every type of case that would come before me as a family court judge. I understand the complexities of the family court system and the emotionally driven challenges of family court cases. As your next Monroe County Family Court judge, I will listen. I will be prepared. I will follow the law. I will make decisions based on the facts and circumstances of each case. And I will always remember that I am dealing with the most important thing in your life, your family. I am Christine Demo Vasquez, and I would be honored to earn your vote on November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Christine Demo Vasquez. The fair tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair Tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the fair tax pledge, promising to push for fair tax if elected. Call Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, the next step show on the WYSL stations. Mm. 
Now that's some real Puerto Rican music there. Ladies and gentlemen, get up and just move that rump because it's a Saturday, it's a Sunday, and we feel good. And we got those Latin vibes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the uh, citizens, uh, uh, New York citizens, uh, jeepers. New York Citizens Audit. Thank you. We have them in <laughs> studio along with Kim and Marley. I, have a, uh, I mean, we're, well, we're running. Kim and Marley. Uh, we're, we're running uh, uh, towards the end of the show here, but I wanted to address one issue, uh, uh, Marley, and I believe this is uh, something that would be phenomenal um, for you to, um, uh, for us to discuss. In your report, I love this report, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, please go to auditny.com and download this report. Your eyes will be open to information you just couldn't even fathom was real, right? But in this report, Marley, it says the there's a page that says the outcome of many races is affected by 740,396 irregular votes. We're looking at places like Congressional District 5 where there were, if I understand this correctly, an access of... Uh, 32,000. Can you shed a little bit more and talk about these numbers so that our listeners can understand the, 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 the importance of, of what you're doing and the importance of us knowing this information and more importantly for them to get involved and volunteer? Absolutely. So, again, going back to the votes have to be from qualified electors. They have to be from people whose registration record is legitimate. So uh, we had, for example, 4,000 people voted in 2020 who were registered after they voted. So this is what we're talking about in this section regarding the outcome of races. We're talking about registrations that defy logic yet voted. And in Congressional District 5, yes, we had 32,867 votes cast from these categories. Either they follow these insane, illogical patterns, or they were. these are some of the votes that went missing from New York City. Um, and that was the, the margin of victory in that particular race was 229,000, okay? So that's not a race that ends up being in question. But if you take... For example, uh, give me a congressional district for Monroe County. You guys are in Monroe, right? How about uh, CD 25th? 25? Yeah, 25th. 25, 25, Marley. Okay. So there you had 367,000 votes cast. The victory margin was 70,000. And yet there were 25,000 votes cast by people who should not have been allowed to vote, or maybe they're not even a person. Maybe the vote was assigned. Now, that race, according to the way the law works at this time, even though it has 25,000 individual counts of election fraud associated with it, has to stand as certified because the margin of victory was not overwhelmed by fraud. However, when you look at somewhere like Congressional District 2, there were 358,000 votes cast, 29,000 of them represent the victory margin, but there were 32,000 irregular votes or ineligible votes assigned in that race to people, for example, purged with no purge date registrations, um, you know, registered before the age of 12. These are the people we're talking about who, who, who make up that category of irregular votes. So here's a question. In New York State in 2020, 95 of our state and federal level legislators literally can't prove they won their elections due to dereliction of duty at the New York State Board of Elections. 
and possibly due to outright intent to defraud the citizens, because we're talking about three quarters of a million votes. It's not just a handful. And all these races were impacted. And so here we are, the citizens of New York, right? And we're faced with, okay, 95 out of our legislators literally can't prove they won. There's 213 at the state level and another 27 at the federal level. We're talking about two-fifths of our legislative representatives. And who? what is the value of their signature on a bill that becomes law if they can't prove they won? And it's not me. I'm not the problem. It's the Board of Elections that has created this disaster, this crisis in governance, where we literally can't even... We can't even be certain that two-fifths of our representatives were legitimately chosen. Absolutely. And and we have to make sure that and even if, you know, if you have 25,000 uh, counts of election fraud, whether it quote-unquote impacted the election or not, we should be standing up and saying, no, we don't think that that's acceptable and figure out how to change that law. I mean, how much much fraud are you willing to accept in your elections when how we live day to day is affected by the decisions made in Albany and Washington? Absolutely. And that's why it's so important on Tuesday and throughout this early voting period, if you experience an anomaly at the polls or if you witness someone else being disenfranchised at the polls because their registration record wasn't right, because they were sent an absentee ballot that they didn't request and now they're not allowed to vote, whatever it may be, please right away report it to AuditNY.com in the Citizen Report because this is the only, the, the Board of Elections is not going to give us auditable data until Christmas at the earliest. If we have any hope of challenging the outcome of any elections we feel are not right, this is the only way to do it. Do it lawfully and do it with real data. Marley and Kim, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Wow. Uh, how can they get a hold of you and where can they volunteer if we can do that real quick? At AuditNY.com. Look for the volunteer tab and uh, we will be in touch with you. That is citizen or New York Citizen Audit at AuditNY. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Kim and Marley. Thank you again. Thank I, you so I th- much. I think it's time for... Now, Free Soup with Aisha Kreutz. Free soup, good for your soul, good for liberty. So, Christians in many countries in the world, um, we are persecuted and oppressed. They suffer under governments that are powerless to change the governments that hate their faith and silence their voices. These believers preach the gospel of Jesus Christ at, at, at the risk of their own lives. In the United States, Christians have been blessed with the right to speak about and choose their leaders without fearing for themselves or their families. And yet, in the United States in recent elections, two out of every five self-proclaimed Christians took that right for granted and did not vote. One in five self-proclaimed Christians were eligible to vote and are not even registered to vote. I encourage you, I'm going to give you some homework. Go look up these scriptures, Hosea 8.4, Proverbs 28.12, Acts 5, read the whole chapter, Romans 13, 1-7, and 1 Samuel 12, 13-25. It doesn't matter if it's cold, hot, raining, snow, get yourself out there and vote. 
Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution gives states the power to call a convention of states to propose amendments to our Constitution. Conventionofstates.com. That's conventionofstates.com. Early voting through November 6th. Don't forget, Election Day is November 8th. Ladies and gentlemen, advertising the Next Step Show. Until next week. No, señor.